Today, I, I'm really just excited to really share on a, on a topic, on a concept that really has affected my life dramatically. Uh, and so this is not just some message that I put together, but this is my life. And so we're, we're kind of in a living room setting. And so we're, we're just going to talk life, if that's all right. And so uh, today we're actually concluding our Hope series. And so if you haven't checked it out, it's absolutely incredible. It's life-changing. Hope Goes Viral was last week. It was powerful. So check it out. And so really today... Today, the title of this message really encapsulates where we're going. And today, the title of this message is Hope is Promised. Hope is Promised. I, I love this word promised because it, it is almost like security for the future. It's a promise. It's something that I hold on to in the midst of uncertainty, especially times like today where I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but a promise is a promise. You know, it all, honestly, it all started when, you know, when you were little kids, you know, you had pinky promise or pinky swear. You couldn't pinky swear. My mom's watching. Pastor Key, my, my mom's watching. You pinky promise, not pinky swear. But, but, you know, honestly, it's one of those things where I promise I'll sit next to you at lunch. You know, it's one of those things where I'll sit next to you. Or I'll, I'll, I'll hang out with you. We'll be friends forever, you know, and you never were, you know. So it's like, oh, man. But, but as you grow older, as you grow older, promises became more weightier. Like, I would never hurt you again. Or I'll never leave you, or till death do us part, or in sickness and in health. What happens when promises break? Because at the end of the day, a promise is only as good as a person's word. And I look at God's word and what he's promised to us. Get this. There are over 7,487 promises God made to us. Somebody counted. That's crazy. 7,487 promises to us. And today we're going to look at one of these promises that God has given us that really uh, unpacks this, this declaration that hope is promised. And today we're looking at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 17 through 20, and I'm reading out of the message translation. It says this, when God wanted to guarantee, I love that, to guarantee his promise, his promises, he gave his word a rock solid guarantee. God can't break his word, and because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. It's unchangeable, never failing, right? We who have run for our very lives to God, have every reason, I love this, to grab the promised hope with both hands and not let go. It is unbreakable. Our spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus, running on ahead of us, has taken his permanent post as high priest for who? for us. That's good news. That's a promise that God has gone before us. It is unshakable. It's unfailing. And the thing is, is this, we're saying, yes, hope is here, but hope is not for us until we grab a hold of it with both hands and not let go. It's a promise. It's a promise that we have. I love the, the NIV version in, in verse 19. It says that we have this hope as an anchor. Somebody say anchor. An anchor. Uh, her, Prosper, I heard you right over there. Yeah, anchor. An anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Is your life secure? Is your life steady and firm? What's your anchor? I, I, I feel that trials always indicate your anchor. 
trials and crisis always indicates what is your anchor? What are you leaning on? What are you holding on to? And, uh, you know, uh, my wife, Chris, and I, uh, we love the beach. We love to go out in the ocean. She's from the Northwest. My mom's side of the family, we're from Florida. Totally two different beaches. I'll tell you that. You know what I mean? I, I was, I was uh, man, not disappointed. I was, I was ex- expecting some heat. You know what I mean? I'm like ready to go swimming, and it's like freezing. I'm like has jackets and everything. And so, but I, I love the beach. My, my family, we like to go to Florida and, and just be with family. And uh, I remember, you know, we'd set up camp and have, you know, our beach towels and everything. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the water for hours. And it's interesting that, you know, when we're talking about an anchor in the storm, we're, we're, we're thinking about crisis. We're thinking about moments of unbelief and things that are shaking us. But I think the things that we have to be aware of is the everyday currents of life. See, the thing is, is that we were having a great time. I wasn't afraid. I was totally fine with family. We were having a blast. But I found myself slowly drifting further and further away from what was promised, where we needed to be. What started as a promise ended up being further and further away where, man, are we able to get back? Where are we? Oh my gosh, we're too far away from, from the beach, almost where it's dangerous. And I find that many of us are in a storm right now, but what about the everyday life that we are in? We are in, you know, they also say that uh, an anchor is for a ladder. And so, uh, you know, anchor is basically for stability. And uh, for those that know me, uh, I am afraid of heights, like legitimately afraid of heights. I, I don't know what it is. And so, uh, but uh, I remember, so we, uh, for Easter, we did this incredible song called The Blessing, right? And it was awesome. It was powerful. You watch it on Easter. I mean, it's our staff praying for the city. We're singing this song, Blessing. It's going to bless your children and their 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 children. It's great. <laughs> Check it out. It's awesome. But, but I, you know, the thing is, is that in order for me to do my assignment, I had to climb this ladder. And, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, this ladder was really tall, and we got a tall building, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm climbing up this ladder, but the thing is, I have my guitar in one hand, my precious, my baby. Now, I love Ellie Rose, so she's my baby, you know, she, she's, she's incredible, but my, my guitar, the thing is, I had to let go of what I, I, I longed for, my promise, or, or something that I valued, and I had to grab hold of hope, literally putting this verse into application, hold on with both hands, and don't let go. It was more like, oh my gosh, <laughs> help me Jesus, you know what I mean? But... But the thing is, is that our hope is like an anchor it, it, or, or a ladder where it leans on something that you hope that it holds. But what happens when your ladder breaks or, 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 or what you thought was security? People can't be your hope. Your bank account can't be your hope. Your security can't be your hope. The government can't be your hope. And so all this stuff in seasons of, of fail, failure, what, what do you do? What do you do when promises fail? So what, what is hope? What is hope? You know, there's, there's, is it, is it uh, optimism? Is it good thoughts? Is it wishes? Well, Webster says this. This is the definition of hope. Having an expectation that is desired and possible. I love that. It's not just desired, but it is possible. And so why is hope important? Scientists say that actually that hope is actually the very nature of being a human. It gives us purpose. It gives us drive. It gives us meaning to move forward powerful but what do you do when hope is gone i mean it even says in scripture hope deferred makes the heart sick when you don't have purpose when you don't have meaning how how do you move forward what do you do how what happens when you lose hope 
When you lose hope, well, how do you lose it? Is it a dramatic effect? Is it it something that happens in your life? Well, I look at Job chapter 8, verse 11, and if you know this book, it is a book of sorrow, of something that happened horribly to, to Job. And it says this, simple statement. It says, those who forget God have no hope. Wait, those who forget. Now, I, I forget my keys. I forget my wallet. My wife can attest. I mean, I forget stuff all the time. But it's not like this great calamity of this is how you lose hope. No, it's those who forget. I just forgot my keys. Or I forgot, I forgot. Pastor Justin doesn't lose his keys. But I lose my keys. You know? But, but you do the, those who forget, as simple as that. And it says, they are like rushes without any mire to grow in. As grass without water to keep it alive, suddenly it begins to wither even before it is cut. Man, it starts to wither away. Does your life seem like it's withering away? Where I don't feel hope. How, how, how am I losing hope? I forgot who God was. And, you know, this, this, this story of Job, but we're talking about grass. My, my, my neighbor, uh, he loves to keep his lawn pristine, like legitimately. And uh, my wife and I, we, we purchased this at home about a year and a half ago. And, and uh, I've never been a lawn guy, but in order to, like, kind of keep up with the Joneses, I'm like, I don't want to look ridiculous, you know what I mean? I got to mow the lawn and make sure it's green and all that. But I will say this. There is this one patch of area where my neighbor is so frustrated. Like, that his grass will not grow, but my grass is green. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man. And so his house is two-story, and it basically covers the sun. And so he tries to, like, tries to make this grass grow, and it's a little lower and a real, kind of a ravine, and so it would be muddy, and he gets frustrated. And he's like, how come your grass is so green? And mine is so, and I spend so much time like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I started to think about this. I started to think about this. The further you are from the sun, the less hope you have. The further you are from the sun, the less hope you have. And the closer you are to the sun, the more hope you have. And I find myself that it's not in this disaster and this, this, this storm. It's the slow drifting of forgetfulness of everyday life on who God is. Those who forget God have no hope. And so what is hopelessness? Now, hopelessness is such a dramatic word. I mean, I'm not hopelessness. What is hopelessness? Webster says this, hopelessness is basically a simple statement of a negative expectation towards oneself and future. I'll say that again. Hopelessness is a negative expectation towards oneself and future. Hopelessness sounds like this. It'll never get better. It's too late for me now. I'll never be happy again. I feel like giving up. I have no future. No one can help me. And I started thinking about, like, well, you know, I've never struggled with anxiety and depression. But then I started to think about this statement. I started thinking about a season in my life where I was truly hopeless, according to this definition. And I started to evaluate my life, how it was the slow and gradual drift of forgetting the goodness of God. It was the slow, gradual drift that all of a sudden the promise seemed further and further and further and further away. 
and bitterness and anger and anxiety and depression and hopelessness started to creep in my life where is, is life worth living? There was no purpose. There's no drive to move forward. Have you ever felt a negative expectation towards yourself and future? And I started to think about this, this concept that we are the most medicated society in history to suppress anxious thoughts and depression. And, and we're like, man, life is worth living. Those who forget God have no hope, hopelessness. And so I propose this question to you in your life, and only you can really answer this. Are you more hopeful? Are you full of hope? Or are you hopeless? Are you hopeful or hopeless? What do you do when the pain and problems seem greater than the promise? What do you do when the pain of life and, 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 and all the things that are coming at you and the problems are greater than the promise, when the promise doesn't even seem possible, when it's too far, too far gone, it's too late for me? It's too late for me. Have you lost control and feel empty? What, whatever you place your hope in will determine whether you are able to remain hopeful in this world or hopelessly broken. I'll say that one more time. That, that, that's a good statement to have in your heart. Whatever it is that you place your hope in will determine whether you are able to remain hopeful in this world or hopelessly broken. And today I want to look at a passage of scripture uh, and a story that really encapsulates this concept of hope is promise. And today we're going to look at the book. We're going old school, Old Testament, the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 19 through 25. And really to set up the story, this is the darkest point of the Christian people in the Old Testament. I mean, Jerusalem has fallen. They are oppressed by the Babylonians. It's like World War II. There's fire. They're, they're, the, the, the city has been decimated. There's, there's viruses. There's crazy sickness. And here is Jeremiah writing this. And see, Jeremiah actually is known as the weeping prophet. And I started to think about this is that I think he was weeping because what I believe doesn't match up with what I see. And he's crying out to the people of God, saying, have hope, trust in God, you're drifting away. They wouldn't listen, and all of a sudden, he sees his city burning. He sees his people dying. And this is honestly a book of despair, and here in these small little verses is an island of hope. And actually it's said that this is one of the greatest promises of God's faithfulness to us. It is a promise that we hold on to. And it's Lamentations chapter 3 verse 19 through 25. I'm reading out of the message. And this is an anchor that we have for us. And he says this. This is Jeremiah speaking. He says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember. Do you remember? Do you remember that moment? He says, the feeling of hitting the bottom. Have you ever felt hitting rock bottom? Where you just don't have anything? When you don't have nothing, it's an indicator that God is up to something. If you don't have anything in your life, this is the moment. Uh, he is speaking. He can literally taste the ashes that are in the air, smoke, fire, 
decimated cities. And he's saying all this. I remember all this hitting bottom. But, I love that. He says, but there is one other thing I remember. And remembering, it says this, I keep a grip on hope. Interesting. I keep a grip like a ladder for dear life. My gosh. Keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I got left. I love that. He's all I got left. God proves to be faithful. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young, get this, to stick it out through the hard times. I came here on assignment to tell you to stick it out. It's going to be all right. You're going to make it. Stick it out. Grab a grip on hold. Hold on to hope for dear life because that is a promise that God's given us. It's a gift. It's an inheritance that God has given us. I love the NIV, and, and, and this is honestly, they made a hymn out of this. It says, yet this I call to mind. I have to call to mind. I have to remember this. Therefore, after remembering, so get that. I have to remember, then I have hope. Therefore, I have hope. Because of God's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning, and it says, great is your faithfulness. God is so faithful. God is so, so good. And today I want to equip you and empower you and encourage you with three promises of hope. Three promises of hope that I believe is going to help you in whatever battle you're in or in, in just the everyday life. Three promises of hope. Number one, mercy will reach in mayhem. Mercy will reach in mayhem. Here is Jeremiah saying, I, I see the whole city burning, but your mercy is new every morning. No matter how bad you've messed up, no matter how bad your situation is, it's a new day. There may be sorrow through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Just stick it out. You'll make it. You'll make it. Trials reveal your anchor. And I heard it said this, is that faith that is tested is faith that can be trusted. Faith that is tested is faith that can be trusted. Are you going through a test in your life? What, what, what is your anchor? What are you leaning on today? Our hope is not in what we see. Our hope is in who God is. Jeremiah was seeing just ashes and everything burning, and it's not what I see. It's in who God is, and I have to recollect. I have to call upon and remember and hold on to hope and remember who God is and what he's done for us. I love this great quote by Pastor Stephen Furtick. It says this, real hope is an anchor. It doesn't float on the surface of your situation. It gets down to the bottom and holds on tight when you go through a storm. It doesn't float in your situation. It goes deeper. And I, I came here to tell you to go deeper than your situation and go to the unseen. Even though what, what, there's calamity in front of you, push past it and know that God is working in the fabric underneath. And he has a plan 
He's in control. So mercy will reach in mayhem. Number two, resources will match or resources will match your requirements. Resources will match his resources. God's resources will match your requirements. They're new every single morning. I love Philippians 4, 6 and says, don't be anxious about anything. Now, here's the thing. If, if I am in need, there's a requirement. If there's things that are in my life that I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to provide for my family or help or, or there's sickness or there's impossible situations, it says don't be anxious. About what? About anything. Yeah, yeah. But what do we do? But in every, every, somebody say every. Every, every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests. Present your, your prayers. Present your, your needs to God. And God's peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you need peace in your life? Maybe present your requests. Present your requirements and God's resources, God's love, his joy will meet you. That is your inheritance. That's, that's what God's promised. And I believe that when we have this attitude of knowing that, you know what, my needs are being filled. It's, it's a confidence that it's not in my ability, but it's in God's ability. And I, I want to say this is that don't let your trial be greater than your thanks. Don't let your trial that you're in be greater than your thanks. Don't let your want rob you from what you have. Don't let your needs and what I want and everything rob you of what you have. I find that when I'm in a storm, I have to just grab a hold of what God's given me and thank God. Every morning, I thank God when I see little Ellie Rose. She's seven months old or six months old. Man, I'm a horrible dad. (laughs) Six, Six months old. Yeah, don't grow up too quick. Don't grow up too quick. But I thank God every single morning. That I see her and I thank her. I, I thank God for, for her in, in my life. You know, it's like if, if you're dealing with an issue, it's like thank God that you have a car. If you don't have a car, thank God you have a bike. If you don't have a bike, thank God you have legs. Or thank God you have breath in your lungs. And all of a sudden when I have an attitude of gratitude and I'm thanking God, it always allows me to have enough. Gratitude, gratitude turns what you have into enough. It unleashes it unleashes freedom to live content in the moment rather than being anxious about the future or regret from the past. God's resources will match your requirements. And so when you have this attitude, it's, 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 it's contagious. Pastor, pastor I, heard, I heard this, this incredible quote by Pastor Craig Rochelle, and he says this, is, that, is what you're carrying worth catching? Is what you're carrying, you know those negative Nancys? Nobody wants to, sorry Nancy, nobody wants to be around, I know there's probably a lot of Nancys watching, so, but, but you know, that's the thing, nobody wants to be around negativity. They want to be about, around somebody that's positive, that's life-giving, that's hope-giving. Is what you're carrying worth catching? Giving life, being a hope dealer, deal hope. And in the midst of storms in your life, don't endure the trial, embrace the Father. Don't just endure the trial. Embrace the Father. I, I, I remember uh, Ellie Rose, just, just honestly, a couple days ago. She's six months old, six months old, and she's teething. And uh, if, if, if parents know, like, when you're teething, it's not a good time. Lack of sleep. Pray for me. You know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, but I remember there was one night she's screaming and crying, and uh, we tried everything. And so I, I get down, and I pick her up, and... Um, and all of a sudden, she just, she just like, 
hunkers in and embraces me. But, but she kind of like has these talons and she likes to like get my face, you know what I mean? So if I have scars on my face, I'm sorry. But, you know, but she just like, she grabs hold tight and doesn't let go. And it was a moment where she's been crying for a while and we're trying to help out. And all of a sudden, she's just exhausted from enduring the trial that all she can do is embrace the Father. And all of a sudden, she's right here. And she's just, she starts to calm down. She starts to match my breathing and my heartbeat. And all of a sudden, there's peace that comes. I'm like, hey, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. And maybe today, instead of just trying to endure this trial, try to come up with my own like, hope and holding on to stuff that I'm in control of, just embrace the Father. Trust in Him. Resources will match your requirements. And lastly, delays will not be denials. Delays will not be denials. I think a lot of times, you know, I think about this story with Ellie Rose. It's like she wants it right now. She, she wants it right now. When she's hungry, she wants it right now. But the thing is, a lot of times we're looking at our watch, but God's looking at his calendar. You know what I mean? It's like, well, God, what, what about maybe, maybe, maybe this second? Maybe now. Maybe now. But honestly, sometimes God's timing is not our timing. And we have to trust him in the meantime. We have to trust him in the meantime. And even though God may be silent in a season, he's not absent. And so even though Ellie, Ellie feels like she's alone, well, she's not alone. I'm right here. I'm right here. It's going to be all right. I love Romans 8.24. It says, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen, what we can see, hope that is seen, is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait we wait, somebody say wait, we wait for it patiently. Maybe you're in this season where you have to embrace the Father and wait patiently and trust him in the meantime. God is faithful. And I feel that in the meantime, I feel like fear causes us to forget. Fear causes us to forget and bring anxiety and anxious thoughts to where we become rash and do things quickly. But maybe, just maybe, just waiting on the Father and embracing the Father and remembering His goodness. Remember who He is. Today I want to close with a, with a story um, that I've shared before, but I, I want to share with you because I, I, I believe that it's a story that, about promised hope. And so when I was younger, I was an only child for a while, and uh, I was spoiled. I'll be honest. I really was. And, but my mom, she found out around Christmas time that she was pregnant, and uh, we were going to have a little baby sister. I was excited, maybe a little bit. But, you know, I, I was spoiled. You know, but I, I really was excited for a new addition to the family. And uh, what was hopeful became hopeless because the doctor's report came in, and the doctor said that there was some complications with little Leia. And they said that, you know, there, there, there's things that are missing, missing organs. And honestly, she has half of a brain. Honestly, she, it would be minutes. She, she wouldn't last. She's not going to make it. And, um, and so what happens when you're carrying what was hope and now you're carrying hopelessness? And so this whole time we're praying, 
We're fasting, we're believing for God to move, we're believing for God to heal and restore or to do something miraculous. You're the God of the impossible. We sing about it, but God, I need you to do, I, I need a miracle. I'm looking at my watch. God, now, here, I, I need you. And I remember when my mom had little Leah, uh, what turned into hours became days, became weeks, became months. She never came home, but we were in the hospital for seven months. And in those seven months, there was a lot of hopelessness. There was a lot of feeling of despair. And I remember, I remember there was a moment, and there's actually a picture of uh, my family coming together, and I'm holding little Leah in my hands, kind of like how I, I held Ellie Rose, and I'm holding her here, and, and um, we're praying as a family. And we're saying, God, great is your faithfulness. Almost like Jeremiah. There's no hope. The city is burning. Smoke is in the air. And all I can say is, God, you are good. Your mercy is new every single morning. And it's interesting, out of those seven months, the nurses and the doctors were like, how can you have hope in the midst of this? How can, how can you do How can you have that? There's so many people in our church who are like, how can you not be shaken by this? And it was interesting that many of these doctors and these nurses, they gave their heart and life to Jesus because they're like, I want that unshakable hope. I want what you have. It's contagious. I want to catch what you're carrying. They joined our church. There's many people in our church that gave their heart and life to Jesus because they're like, God is faithful, even in the midst of uncertainty. And the doctor said that my mom would never have children again. And it was interesting that on the anniversary of my sister's death, my little sister Rachel was born on her death. It was a statement of promise. And then my brother came. And it, we had two brother, uh, two, a brother and a sister, two more kids. And I think that's just a testimony of God's faithfulness. God is faithful. Whatever you're carrying, whatever you're going through, whatever circumstances you're in, God is faithful. And he is good. Your circumstances don't dictate your outcome. See, the enemy can, can read your story. He can read. He can tell you all this stuff. But the thing is, is this, is that he can't write your story. We have an author and a perfecter of our faith. And his name is Jesus. And maybe today you can rewrite your story. Maybe today, right here in this place, you can say, you know what? Today, I'm starting fresh. God's mercies are new every single morning. Maybe today can be your moment. Maybe today can be the day where I'm like, you know what? I put my hope in people. I put my hope in my own success. I, I put my hope in all these things that did not last. And I'm drowning. And all of a sudden, I need an anchor that's going to keep me steady, that keeps me secure and firm, my firm foundation. And that is in Christ Jesus. Whatever you place your hope in will determine whether you're able to remain hopeful in a world that is hopelessly broken. What's your hope in? What's your anchor? What's, what's your expectation? Do you feel hopeless today? Do you feel like, I thought I would never be hopeless. I, 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 if you know me, I'm full of joy and happiness, 
But it's interesting that even uh, with a guy that, that, that has lots of joy and happiness, if I start to drift slowly, anxiety becomes to creep in, negative thoughts. And I'm telling you, today, depression can be broken in Jesus' name. Anxiety can be broken in Jesus' name. Today can be your day for supernatural healing and hope in Jesus Christ. Hope is promised. Mercy will reach you in mayhem. Mercy will reach you wherever you're at. His resources will match whatever requirements are happening in your life. And delays, delays will not be denials.